I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. Education policy has been an under-discussed issue so far in the presidential debates, both the Democratic and the Republican. Foreign policy, yes. Economic policy, yes. Donald Trump, absolutely. Education, not that much. Uh, I have today with me Gerard Robinson, a fellow from the American Enterprise Institute, who was the Secretary of Education for the state of Virginia and the Commissioner of Education for the state of Florida. And uh, it's just great to have you here, Gerard. Uh, But I have to ask you this question. Why has education not been an issue in these presidential debates? Well, first of all, Dr. Peterson, thank you for having me on your podcast. Always great to spend time with you. Um, Education, with the passage of time, will become a stronger, more important issue in the campaigns for two reasons. Uh, Number one is going to come from parents and communities who are going to expect both parties to have a platform, and so it's going to drive them to do that. Number two, the Republicans um, had an event sponsored by the American Federation for Children and the 74, where six of them actually had 45 minutes uninterrupted to talk about education. Both my Democrat, Republican, and Independent friends said, wow, it was actually good to hear someone talk about education, uh, K-12 and higher ed, and it makes sense. Right now, uh, there's a lot of the red meat politics on one side of the fence, uh, Republicans, and that's kind of driving issues of economic and foreign affairs. But at the end of the day, you're going to need education to drive all of that, and having smart, competent people will make a case. I think when we get closer to Super Tuesday, you're going to see more people uh, demanding the conversation takes place. Democratic side, they're talking about it more, but it's primarily at the higher education level where everything is, it should be free. So that's easier to talk about. But it's more substantive things will happen over time. So let's take the higher education issue just for a moment. Um, how, what's the justification on the part of Democrats to give free education to people who come from pretty wealthy families, many of them, and who are themselves going to do pretty well in life if they have a college degree? So isn't this a subsidy to the rich? Well, a few things. Number one, I'm a big proponent of community colleges, not only because I graduated from one, because they've become, for many decades, a second chance institution for a lot of people to enter middle class status uh, with a community college degree, credential, licensure, or certificate. That's number one. Um, The idea of making it free is just something that appeals um, to your core. I think that makes sense. It sounds democratic. Uh, But you and I both know nothing's free. Freedom isn't even free. And so we spent... Uh, billions of dollars every year from grades one all the way to 12, some areas pre-K, for you to be prepared to go to college. The idea now that we should make community college free, um, A, the economics simply uh, don't make a lot of sense. Number two, while it sounds a democratic uh, a democratic, democratic issue, issue um, across the board, uh, in reality is going to put uh, state budgets in a tougher place than they should have been in the first place. States support, uh, support a lot of money for uh, for schools. Uh, community colleges in particular, and now for you to continue to support more because you're going to reduce tuition, it's just going to be tough. Um, uh, Well, personally, I could be all for giving people a free two years of college, whether it's at a community college or any other college, if they could demonstrate 
by the time they graduate from high school that they are ready to go to college. That some there was some kind of a state test that says this student is performing at the necessary level. But right now, anybody with a high school diploma, and some of these high school diplomas don't have all that much meaning, is eligible for sizable Pell Grants and government loans. Absolutely. So part of the push for Race to the Top and Common Core was to come up with a standard where students were really college and career ready, and we're not there yet. Um, some states are stronger in 2015 than they were uh, in 2010. Um, even if a student's coming out college and career ready, there are already scholarships to four-year universities that will allow the same student to go free of charge and bypass two-year. Um, if the administration is pushing two-year for remediation reasons, that's one debate, but that hasn't uh, surfaced as one of the areas uh, where it makes sense. Uh, I still think the concept sounds great, but when it comes time to financing higher ed, it's tough. Now remember, some of the states who support uh, the president's idea of a free two-year degree are the same states who are having challenges in court about school finance for K-12. So do you want to shift that now to grades as some would say 13 or 14? I don't think so. Even when medical costs that the states are going to have to bear are going to climb at the same time. So how about the K-12 system? What are the two parties saying about that? First of all, the Republicans, have they taken a position in the presidential debates? Do we know that most candidates agree on what to do, or is there some disagreement? So at least for the six candidates who were in New Hampshire, uh, they support school choice, whether it's uh, private sector vouchers, tax credits, education savings accounts. Uh, most of them support uh, charter schools, particularly the innovative type of charter schools. They want to see reform within traditional public schools. You know, we always have to remind people the majority of our children, 50 million right now, will be in public uh, schools uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, on the Democratic side, and if we only rely on the, on the debate we had recently, um, wasn't a lot of talk. But what, we know a few things about a few of these candidates. Um, they're not going to support vouchers, tax credits, private school choice, for the most part. So that's off the table. You'll find um, differing opinions about charter schools. Um, O'Malley may have a, a, a yes in ways that Clinton may have a yes but, uh, and others will just simply have a no. So there's a lot more diversity on the Republican side of the fence for education across the board, uh, not so much for the Democrats. And when they decide to focus on education, it primarily will be the public school sector. So maybe that's why education is not surfaced as an issue, is because within each party, there's a pretty much agreement. But now that goes contrary to the idea that there's an internal division within the Democratic Party over school reform. On the one hand, there's the civil rights groups who are looking for testing standards, evaluation, more choice. And on the other hand, you have the teachers unions who want the status quo. So Aren't either, aren't some of the candidates exploiting this division that uh, we saw at the last uh, Democratic National Convention four years ago? So I would take a look at New York City um, as an example of the internal fight. So you've got de Blasio, progressive Democrat, was elected to office on the uh, platform of, you know, shrinking income inequality, creating jobs and supporting, you know, great schools. Then you have uh, Eva, who's got the success uh, uh, network of charter schools, who had 18,500 parents nearly two weeks ago um, come out and rally on behalf of making charter schools not only part of the dialogue, but not slowing the progress that we saw grow so well under um, Mayor Bloomberg. 
two progressives, same party, same city, major division. I think that division is going to widen as you hear more conversation amongst the Democrats. Uh, NEA and AFT, um, for different reasons, support some of the aspects of charters. I think AFT actually, in fact, has a few schools. Uh, but when now that they've endorsed um, Secretary Clinton, they're pretty clear that we're backing someone who's going to support an agenda that's friendly for teachers. And that's a constituency, and that's important. Um, but that division is going to really widen as time goes on. Maybe not so much in the Republican Party. And if we're splitting hairs in Republicans for school choice, that may be over means-tested versus non-means-tested. But on the Democratic side, and you brought in the civil rights piece, they want accountability. They believe testing you know, makes a difference. And in fact, if you look at the parents who protested, uh, or I should say participated in the rally, many of them were African-Americans and Hispanic parents uh, in a city where they believe our kids need a better opportunity. That's also your base, 90% of your votes, at least up to 90 92% are African-American for the Democratic Party. Well, how about preschool? That's another issue that's very much on the minds of a lot of parents, a lot of families. Uh, they want a place to uh, have their child while both uh, parents are working. And there's a tremendous need for uh, preschool education for needy families. So, uh, and the Democratic Party has been talking about this. Where are the Republic? What stance are the Republicans going to take on this issue? So that's where your governors are going to stand out on, on what they believe is important. So uh, in Florida, you've got a pre-K program. So you would have uh, Governor Bush probably taking a stand that it makes sense under A, B, and C conditions. Um, you got Kasich and others who will have a different approach. Republican Party's got a mixed history on this. Some governors support it. Uh, some do not. They see it just as a holdover, expensive babysitting. Uh, personally, I've seen some of the research that at least points in the direction that it makes sense, whether it's means tested over for all we can debate. Um, that's probably one issue where you're going to see both sides of the party uh, really trying to mix it up on pre-K, in part because it's not entrenched nationally. Uh, and you only have a few states, uh, key states, I would say, who've got a program in place. I would actually like to see that play out more because that's one area I don't know for sure how they're going to fall out. Uh, so you think that possibly education will become an issue as we move from the primaries to the general election because there is a big difference between the two political parties and one party is going to say we need to spend more money and the other party is going to say we need to reform our K-12 system. Is that how you see it playing out? That's how I see it playing out. Um, and when you start going to the southern states where you've seen tremendous growth in school choice over the last five years, whether it's tax credit programs that are targeted to students with special needs, whether it's uh, open to all, like in um, in Georgia, uh, you now have southern states, first time charter schools, as they move to the base, which is a heavy right now southern regional party, you're gonna find people making a push to say, I wanna know what you're gonna do for education. For Republicans, they see it as one way of breaking into um, African-American, Hispanic, working-class families who traditionally won't vote that way but may at least think about switching because education is important. Um, you're also, frankly, going to see um, nonprofit organizations, um, whether it's the No Excuses Network, Civil Rights Group, who may not support choice, but they may hold hands with reformers on the aspect of accountability and assessment. I'll see it play out in ways we did not see uh, with Romney and Obama or even with McCain and Obama. We've had eight years of the administration by the time we had the uh, 2016 election. Uh, we've seen a lot of changes at the federal level, both good, bad, and ugly. Um, but I stay optimistic because I know at the local level, 
you're going to see people uh, aspirations bubbling for something higher than what we have now, and that will force the parties to think differently. Well, let's hope that education remains on the national agenda because we certainly need to do some things if we're going to educate the next generation. Thank you for joining me, Gerard. It's been great to have Gerard Robinson uh, on the Education Next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.